Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to episode number 10. Today, Larry and I are going to go through part two of our four-part series here on the Social Security Conundrum. And today, we're going to talk about when should I apply for Social Security. All right, Larry, let's dive right in. This is a big question I know a lot of people struggle with. And with your background and being really somebody who's had a lot of experience with Social Security, when should they apply and what sort of factors? Factors do they need to take into account? Well, there's five factors that we you know you look at. First of all, is your health status. If you're someone who you don't think because of uh, history or your current health status that you may not live long, you may want to take your Social Security earlier, or that's one factor of, of the five factors. So determining you know when your life expectancy is obviously nobody can do that, but people are living longer these days. So the longer you're living, you have to look at it not only just how much am I going to receive earlier, but how much I receive over my lifetime. So that's a very important factor. And I've got some numbers here to talk about that in a few minutes. The other thing is, you know, your earnings test. Uh, When are you going to when are you going to take your Social Security? And if you take a Social Security before normal retirement age, such as age 62, there are requirements that if you earn more than approximately $17,000, you have to give some of your money back. So that's another factor. And then also, you know, are you married? Because now you're not, you're not just looking to maximize your social security under your, your life, but you're looking to maximize your social security under two lives. And that gets really complicated. And we're going to devote a whole podcast just on maximizing spousal social security. And there's also, you know, what are your other resources? What are your other assets? What are your other income? So all five of these factors come into play when deciding when to take your Social Security, and it's not just straightforward. You know, I just met with somebody this morning, and they actually said to me, well, I'm going to take my Social Security at 62 because I looked at it, and it's a 13-year break-even, and therefore I'm going to take it earlier. And not even a thought to any of the other factors, especially the marital factors, were coming into play. So you really need to look at all the different factors to see what that's going to be. Now, you're talking about the different things that they have to take into account or in the factors that you have to consider, not just as the financial services professional, but as you're having this dialogue with your clients. Is there any what happens if you make over that $17,000 a year or what happens if you make more money? Are there income thresholds that you have to be concerned about where trusts might come into play or things like that? Well, there are a couple of different taxes, and the last podcast will will delve into them more deeply. Okay. But if you go above the seventeen thousand, for every dollar that you earn, you have to give. You know, for every three dollars you earn, you have to give back a dollar. So you can actually earn too much money, therefore you wouldn't get any Social Security. So taking it before AIDS, your normal retirement age, you have to look at that. Once you reach your normal retirement age, you don't have to worry about the earnings test. There is also the whether Social Security becomes taxable. 
And depending upon how much money you earn, your Social Security may or may not become taxable. So if you are retired, there's also other strategies why you want to delay your Social Security so you may not receive, have to pay taxes. And it also combines with your required minimum distribution. So we'll actually go through some specific examples I have in our last podcast. Okay. Yeah. There's an enormous amount of math going on, everybody. And for all of the listeners, they should sit back and realize that this is a... We called it the social security conundrum for a reason, because this is a real conundrum. This is really difficult, and there are so many moving parts. And if you don't have somebody who's overlooking all of those moving parts and understand how each of those moving parts move, there can be a big hiccup in your machine there, and your gears might start grinding and other things might happen. Now, you had talked previously, and you gave us a little bit of a preview into this idea of the free money story. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that with us? Well, sure. I mean, the free, you know, free money is just more psychological. Sure, sure. People think that, oh, I've waited so long, I paid in so much in my Social Security, so I'm going to take the free money earlier because I don't have to spend on my own money, which is my assets. And you shouldn't really look at it that way. You should look at your Social Security as a asset, a present value over a future payment is really an asset and compare that asset with your other assets to see what you're going to have over your lifetime. So, you know, so for an example, if your monthly benefit, your, we call your PIA, your monthly normal retirement benefit is $2,000 a month. And if your COLA, your cost of living adjustment. So just to let everyone know, there is a cost of living adjustment in social security payments. Actually, government just came out with it the other day. So for 2018, the COLA adjustment is going to be 2%. But just for an example, if the Kohler adjustment was 2.6% and you were receiving $2,000 and you live 10 more years from your normal retirement age, you'll receive a little over $301,000. If you live 20 more years, you'll receive just about $660,000. However, people, a lot of people are living into their 90s and beyond. So if you live 30 years, your Social Security payment with a cost of living adjustment would give you over $1.1 million. So if you're looking at the present value, that is a significant asset that you're looking at over your lifetime of 30 years. So it becomes very important to see not only how you can maximize it now, but how you can maximize it over your lifetime. Hmm. And there are a few ways of doing that. There are a few websites you can go on. You know, one, you should go on to socialsecurity.gov slash my statement. A few years ago, actually, the government stopped sending out social security statements. They've restarted to send them now. But you can go on and look at the, look at your social security statement. And I, and I strongly recommend doing this because your, the amount that you earn for each year is listed there. And as we talked about last podcast, the highest earning 35 years, it goes into your calculation. We actually had a client a long time ago that we looked at, they looked at the statement and one year they had zero for their income for that year. They missed Social Security, missed the year. And if that wasn't picked up, it would have had an impact on what they're going to receive. So I would recommend every year that you look at your Social Security statement just to make sure the amount that you earned is listed properly. There's also a few other statements. There's a socialsecurity.gov website where you can go and kind of estimate your retirement benefits. And there is also a, a calculator in there, a kind of caution in there. It's very difficult to kind of maneuver, but there are some calculators on there, of course, 
we feel the best way is to go to a professional who has numerous calculators and can run the numbers for you. The biggest deciding factor, in your opinion, for when you should apply for Social Security, if you were to, to just kind of summarize everything and just say, okay, man, everybody who's listening, here are, and now you've said this, so what are the, you know, the factors, age, how to estimate, you know, the spousal stuff, all of these different things I know are factors, but if there's a triggering event that happens in somebody's life, I've always noticed this with podcasts, with financial advisors, you'll say something that will really trigger something in somebody's mind. Like, oh my gosh, I know that's about to happen. Or when that does happen to them, that's an immediate trigger to call Larry Heller and go in and make an appointment. Are there any of those triggers surrounding this that would be that wake up call that means that they really do need to sit down with a professional? Anyone that's within a few years of retiring or thinking about taking the social security should sit down with a professional because there isn't one clear cut strategy for every person. Every person is different. Every spouse makes different money. Some don't make anything at all. Some two spouses make the same. Some are working, you know, longer. So every couple or every individual is unique. How much assets you have outside? Can you wait to draw down your money? What your, again, what your health status is? So there isn't one clear cut strategy for everybody. So, you know, people talk to other friends and they say, Oh, I took it at this age because I wanted my money earlier. And that defeats the whole purpose of doing all this planning here. So everybody should actually go through this process. I love it when somebody says everybody should do this, because I think that should be your big wake up call. Everybody who's listening to this, that it is so, so, so important to make sure that you don't make any mistakes with that. Do you have any other stories or any other thing that you would like to share with this whole idea of the spouses and this break even analysis that you touched on a little bit? Are there any other real life examples that you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners to drive these points? home? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're going to go through the spousals in, an exa- in a more detail the next podcast, but we had a couple come in last time and they didn't realize that this, since they were over 62, they could go through a what's called a restricted strategy where, they, you, where one spouse can take their other spouse's social security at an earlier age and then switch to theirs at age 70. So, it, you know, at age 70, from age you know, more retirement age to age 70, there's an 8% credit that goes out each year, the longer that you that you delay. So if your normal retirement age is 60, 66, and you wait to age 70, that's a 32%, you know, increase four years, that's a huge increase in what your social security is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, so by able to take the spouse's social security earlier and then switch to their own, they're able to delay that. So they are getting, in my opinion, the best of both worlds. They're getting some money now and they're going to be able to continue to get the 8% credit each year and then take a much larger number later on. So this couple had no idea. So the wife actually had was turning 67 when they came into us. And since she was turning 67, she was already past her normal retirement age. So one thing we actually told her to do is when she went in for Social Security, 
not only to take the Social Security, but go back six months. So Social Security will let you go back six months and get your benefits for six months. They won't let you go back any more than six months. So if you forgot your benefits, they changed this rule a few years ago. People were collecting Social Security and then after a few years, we decided to change their strategy and they would give all the money back and then apply for a higher amount. So now you can't do that. You can only go back, you only go back six months. So the, the point of this story was not only were they able to get some additional money for a few years, they were also able to go back six months and get some another, I'm calling free money there, that if they didn't come in and meet with us, they would have forfeited. That's kind of scary. It is. People just, you know, don't know what, you know, some, they don't know what they don't, what they don't know is, is what I, what I say sometimes. That's why I said everybody that's getting close to taking their social security should meet with somebody and do the analysis and make sure they don't leave any money on the table. Yeah. All right. What else do you have for us today in this part two of this special series? Okay. So, so there is, you know, again, everyone kind of looks at this break-even analysis to see when it would be. And if you, you know, if you're just looking for yourself, the break-even analysis, it can range. We had a a widow, actually, she was single, come in, and she was thinking about taking our Social Security at 64 instead of 66, and we did the analysis. And the analysis was 11-year break-even point, but I pointed out to her, you know, that uh, are you really not going to work anymore? She was a consultant because if you decide to take it and then you go back to work, like we said, the earnings test, uh, she'd give back money. Luckily, she waited a little while, and then she was able to find another consulting job. So she now is deleting it up until a normal retirement age. But she's already told us that her life expectancy is well into the 90s based upon her family history. So the break-even point of 11 years to 75 wasn't that intriguing to her, and she thinks she's going to live into her 90s. And then another person who really wanted to take their retirement, their Social Security at their normal retirement age of 66, we looked at the, the you know the laid credits to age 70. This is where it also gets important for survivor benefits. And we'll talk about that, you know, at the next podcast. So basically, if you're married, it changes everything. You can't just look at your Social Security in a vacuum. You have to look at yours, but you have to look at your spouses and you have to look at maximizing both of them and anticipate a life expectancy from both of you. So we'll have some real live examples during the next podcast. Fantastic. Uh, and the two other things, if, you know, going forward, we'll also talk about, we'll talk about divorces. We'll talk about widows and the special planning that goes into both. And then the last podcast, we'll go back and talk about more of these taxes and other assets and how can you can work your social security with your other resources. All right. Well, Larry, thank you very much for walking us through and making this conundrum less conundrum-y. I don't know if that's actually a word, but uh, I just made it up. Is conundrum-y a word, Larry? Don't ask me. I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> yes, you are a numbers guy. And that's why we've got you on this podcast. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. This was episode number 10, part two of the four-part series on the social security conundrum. When should I apply for Social Security. Larry, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Matt. Have a good day. All right, you too. We'll see you all on the other side of the mic very soon. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please make sure you click that subscribe button below because that will show up immediately on your mobile device or your computer once we upload a new episode. So thank you and have a great day.